black people don't read. Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Shamaki, joined by my co-hosts, Yasin and Kamal. And we've got a special guest today with us, Liam, a.k.a. Andertate. Um, Mo isn't here again. Uh, he's out there capitalizing on his new success, found fame. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, now I'm joking. Quickly. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're back with what our third episode. Um, and we didn't we didn't address that we've actually now um, been doing this for a whole year. Uh, it's, what was it? Like two weeks ago, we was meant to address it, really, on the 4th of December, like where we all kicked it off. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, when we also kicked off, like we had Annotate on our sixth episode, uh, doing a book called Heterogeneous, and that was when, what, when Just Rhyme first started. Uh, just about start, yeah, inside was it the venue of the place. Yeah, and uh yeah, Ron, how many uh events have have you had since Yeah, so we've had six <laughs> events so far. One of them was a subsidiary event, uh mm. which was just basically a black history month special event yeah. that we had for the month of October. Um but we've had five main events. Uh, you know, we kicked this off on January twenty seventh of mm -hmm. two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Wow. We're about to approach our anniversary event which is gonna take place on January twenty sixth of two thousand and nineteen and we've come up with a really cool name for the event. We've called it Just Rhyme Averse for me. For those of you at home, that's a bit of wordplay, yeah, Just yeah. Rhyme Anniversary, <laughs> yeah. as you probably gathered. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to that. We've got some incredible artists on board for that. And, you know, on to bigger and better things in 2019. One quick thing, obviously, um, like, how is it starting up doing events? And, like, what, what, would, you see, what would you say, like, um, was, like, the biggest challenge and like how you've overcome that and obviously that was what, your first time hosting an event mm. yeah. uh, compared to now like how's that changed how's it different it's hard work man in all honesty um i don't think you can appreciate <laughs> event management until you have actually gone through the process of organizing an event um i cannot stress that point enough i feel it's something that many of us will overlook and not really appreciate mm -hmm. yeah. as we're not involved in it so we just have these expectations of oh let me go to this event yeah. it better be epic but at the end of the day a lot of work goes into it behind the scenes um the first ever event we did it took so much time it was very time consuming it yeah. had a lot of effort uh, and when you're working as well and uh, um you're working five five days a week yeah. nine to five job and trying to figure out how you're going to plan this event mm. as well get artists on board yeah. um it's it's money as well it's financially it's a, it provides a ha uh, financial hardship mm. um you have to be willing to put in to get out really and truly and sometimes you're not necessarily gonna benefit yeah. um it's all about putting money into that venture and hoping that mm -hmm. it's gonna succeed so that was a challenge for us um i mean now as we go approach our anniversary show mm -hmm. i can't really sit here and say to you it's any easier mm. i mean it doesn't matter that we've had six events or mm -hmm. five main events yeah. um it's still just as difficult getting artists on board on, on board it's a lot of work trying to run back and forth and make sure everybody's ready for the event mm -hmm. also the promotion work that goes in is a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of money involved mm -hmm. but when you have the events and you see how they they do mm -hmm. and uh, i would consider all of our events so far a success yeah. we've managed to garner audiences from 70 to 100 people for every event mm. um i think the only one that didn't garner that level of audience was our subsidiary event and that was because it was the first time we held it anywhere outside of east london and that yeah. was in brixton mm -hmm. but it was an opportunity for us to spread ourselves to another area and say look just rhyme is here we're we, you know we're looking to be another poetry brand that mm. is one that you guys should come down and enjoy mm. and we managed to squeeze out a decent enough audience there we had about 30 or so people yeah. um so for me i consider our events a success and um but it's been hard work man. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it's tiring man. Yeah. it is exhausting to put it quite simply yeah, yeah. 
And what would you say, like, in terms of advice for anyone that's, like, trying to start out running their own events? Um, one of the biggest bits of advice I would give is be dedicated to what you're doing mm. and, and, and be patient. Because if you're starting something up and you're not really dedicated to that cause and you're just doing it because you want to see if you can make it work or maybe you want to make some money on the side, then mm. you're wasting your time. Yeah. Because... Firstly, you're not going to make any money to begin with. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. You always got to put more in to begin with than you're going to get out. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you're not really dedicated to the cause, then what are you doing it for? Really and truly, what's your end game? If you don't have a goal in place, then for me, it's pointless. Yeah. You know, when I started Just Rhyme, my goal was that I wanted to provide a platform for people to come along and sh express themselves mm -hmm. and to give Muslims especially because alhamdulillah we have a lot of uh, poetry incentives going mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of poetry initiatives that exist currently but the Muslims they're a bit more reserved they're a bit scared like where yeah, can yeah. I go where can I share my talent yeah. so I thought let me provide this platform where Muslims can come along non-Muslims can come along and they can share their work and they can express themselves through the beauty of poetry mm. and we do it in a way where we try to main, maintain Islamic etiquette, but we're open to everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone can come along and enjoy Just Ram. And we've had a lot of non-Muslims that have come along and said mm -hmm. to me, you know, annotate, I really enjoyed this event. It was, mm -hmm. it was an excellent event and uh, thank you for having me down. Uh, we've had different people from come down from Liverpool. We've had people mm. come down from Cardiff. We've had people come down from Newcastle. You name it. Wow. We've had people come from areas that you wouldn't even believe. Yeah. I think yeah. someone came from scotland or something like that once if Not i remember rightly yeah, yeah. but like walkers, yeah. yeah but <laughs> i mean people have come from all over and it's amazing to see that sort of growth yeah. when you went from just being an online initiative yeah to now having an event where people can come along and share their talent mm. yeah that's that is, that is mad um and obviously I, f I don't know i feel like i haven't properly introduced you well to <laughs> I just sort of went I just jumped straight into like I feel like you're like awesome to spit a little freestyle man. Huh? Like slowly <laughs> coming out of you nah, um, I mean I think you can see what he's all about there yeah. I mean he's very 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 well spoken mm -hmm. uh, that <laughs> <laughs> honestly <laughs> probably probably better than all of us mm -hmm. but um, yeah but I think I think really like showed what he's about here yeah. to be honest I'll say I agree with what you're saying about building that platform for people to come and showcase the talent because me and Sharks you remember it was uh, a month ago we went to the last Just Ram and uh, mm. it was yeah even though we were doing uh, most of the sort of stuff on the side helping helping out um, yeah. I saw the obviously it was a great turn up and um, a lot of people came down and you know, I mean showed a lot of support so I'd say yeah. you've done a, a very very good job in terms yeah. of building like a, a platform that would um, promote all of these creators like a lot of the creators like I haven't heard of these like a lot of these poets. I haven't heard of them before, so mm. it's it's a good thing that you've given them this space to to work in. Yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the, one of the things that's very important to myself when I started this initiative yeah. up as well is that I said to my team every single event we're going to give one person who's maybe not that known mm -hmm. an opportunity to shine, and. Um, the likes of Adam Speaks, who is now yeah. killing it on the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. He got one of his first starts at Just Rhyme. Yeah. I said to him, you know, I like what you're doing. I really enjoy your poetry. Come down, showcase what you have to offer. And he headlined both Just Rhyme 2 and 3. Since then, he's been finally getting the respect that he deserves. And I'm not saying that's only attributed to Just Rhyme. Not at all. He's a very talented artist. So I, it doesn't surprise me that he's getting the sort of attention that he deserves yeah. now. But I would like to hope that he would agree that Just Rhyme gave him an opportunity to sort of showcase that yeah. and spread himself further. It must be like, it must feel good, isn't it, to like obviously see your brothers that um, are well, ta are very talented, basically come up through Just Rhyme and then have their opportunities, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's a rewarding feeling because there's a lot of poets, in my opinion, that go underestimated or overlooked. Mm just because perhaps they don't have the sort sort of appeal or social media following that some of the other artists that myself and you three in general are yeah. aware of. Yeah. Um, 
There's, for example, uh, perceiving words. Mm -hmm. Zainab Mufti, she's an incredible poet, but yeah. she's also more reserved than a lot of your other artists on the scene. So she's not going to be out there as much. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean she's not as good a poet. She's an mm -hmm. excellent poet. Mm -hmm. And I've had the opportunity to give Zainab the, uh, a chance to perform at Just Rhyme mm -hmm. on, I think, three or four occasions mm -hmm. now. She's she's almost like our resident poet, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, and she's killed it every time. And I and she she's young. She's up and coming talent. And the same goes for anyone that's come on the platform and mm. shared their work with us mm -hmm. it's a rewarding feeling to see them grow and to see them better themselves every single time like what would you what would you say to like aspiring poets that are trying to make it in the game um especially now that you're obviously running events and stuff like what is it is it is there like something in the events or like the way people perform that you would say people need in order to be able to you know get to the next level um, basically, what like to explain that further? Like, obviously, me and Mo, we had the first just arrived in it. It was, uh, it was oh. shambles, <laughs> in it. Oh, what a beautiful performance! Mate. Yeah, um, like what I'm saying so is like to comment on that. Uh, huh? What do you think? Yeah. Of that? I think I think I already I think <laughs> we spoke about so many times. We basically went um, went there with a piece that we prepared in the morning um, and then we're finalising a few hours beforehand <laughs> and, then, and then jumped on did it and then even as we were like waiting in line not in line but like as we were sitting down like we had we were just like typing it up so making <laughs> changes <No>. in it <laughs> you had a waste obviously like <laughs> you know what I mean? you've got like so one advice that you could give from that you okay. know, to like aspiring poets don't, do like, don't do First that advice <laughs> would be don't do what they did yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no uh, on a serious note though um, my advice would be I don't know what we were thinking <laughs> <laughs> just thought we could just stand <laughs> up you, there you, just thought you thought you could freestyle it all out and just be like come out there like some sort of Eminem yeah. 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 and then <laughs> instead you thought some indie film in it they'll accept anything here it's a poetry audience you know those those movies where like the guys like I can't do it and then he steps up and then he just like kills it. And he just that didn't have me, man. <laughs> you guys thought I was going to be you, didn't you? No, my first words were. Shots are shaking like this, fuck. <laughs> my first words were. <laughs> 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 Finish, hey. Oh, man. Okay, uh, yeah, you start off weak. like that and then you realize you've gone like your throat and lubricated. You got. You know, lubricated? Like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, your throat is you. dry. Very, very weird choice. Well, what are you very joking, choice of <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Yeah, no, on a serious <laughs> note, on a serious note, back to the question at hand. Um, mm. My advice would be to spend time on your writing. Yeah. Hint, hint. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, take your time with your pieces. Don't rush them. A lot mm. of people feel as though they want to get something out just for the sake mm. of it, rush mm. it out. I And I know this because I used to do it. Yeah, I yeah. used to write my pieces, I'd rush them out, I wouldn't go back and go over them, see if I can perfect it. Nowadays, yeah. I'll write something, I'll go back over those, uh, <laughs> you know, those verses mm -hmm. over and over again until I feel confident that they're good enough to actually share. Before, I would just be like, okay, I've written this, it's solid, it's good, let's just get it out there. Mm -hmm. Even though afterwards I'd reflect on it and be like, no, it's mm -hmm. disappointing in yeah. comparison mm -hmm. to something that I probably could have produced if I had spent more time yeah. so spend time somebody coming to the event for a first time um it's nerve-wracking man mm. it's nerve-wracking the first time i performed i froze up yeah. had to grab the papers out of my pocket and start uh, reading off of the sheets of paper man i was a wreck and it yeah. scared me for months man i didn't want to perform again after that but i think the best thing to do is actually try to learn your pieces mm. learn your pieces and practice them practice put practice in don't feel like oh wow as long as I memorize it, I'm going to mm. kill it. Mm. Because that doesn't always happen. Sometimes I know a piece in my head. SubhanAllah, I know it in my head. And I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill it. I've not practiced this piece. And then I end up stumbling. Why? Because on the day, it's a different vibe, man. Mm. You're in front mm. of an audience. It's not the same as being at home and just spitting into a mirror. Yeah. You know, or spitting in front of maybe maybe your mumsy if she's mm. there. Do you know what I'm saying? Ticket, yeah, you know. Yeah. But when you're in front of that audience, mm. it's nerve-wracking, man. Mm. It's... It, this anxiety lies. takes over. Even me, I've been performing for years now, but yeah. that anxiety still takes me. As soon yeah. as I get up there, though, and I've dropped that first bar, mm. 
That's what it's so calm. Smooth sailing. You know, smooth sailing. So my advice, yeah, in summary, mm-hmm. take your time with your pieces, learn them, practice them. No, don't move like this guy. And do me. not do what Shamake <coughs> and Muhammad did. Yeah, I think I think though the problem was relaxing it, we released the video. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem with our one was that um like we kept changing like we didn't think it was good enough. Mm. Mm. Like that's the problem. So like, you just decided to wing it there. <laughs> It was like before before they had recorded, you know the idea in their heads. Mm. It was genius. It was telling it so much See, sense. That's, that's what I always is like. Like whatever type of writing, poetry or um, long form writing with yeah. uh, with prose and whatnot, in your head it's always fantastic. I I've experienced that like yeah. all the time. Oh my um, god, he's the okay. best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in as in like you've got all this right. amazing idea for character development. Yeah. You've got an amazing idea for um, a storyline or whatever, and then when you put it actually down to words, you're like, this is trash. And while it probably is trash because it is a first draft, I know some people can can bang out like a really good um, story initially um, or a piece of writing initially, I mean. But um, you kind of really have to stick with it. Obviously, um, you can make changes or decide in the end, I don't want to go further with it. But when you've got that initial first draft, you can't lose hope. And I think that's what a lot of uh, writers experience or Mm. beginner writers at least where they start writing and then all that stuff that they've built up in their head, like these huge gardens of like amazingness and whatnot, just doesn't end up the way they thought it was mm-hmm. uh, thought yeah. it was going to. But they don't realize they can make it that way yeah. as long as they keep putting in work into it. I've had uh, first drafts that are awful that I've turned into a better second draft and even better third draft. Mm-hmm. And if I had like left it at the first draft, it would have just been another piece of writing that I put it that I put down like mm-hmm. on the wayside. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's what you need to do with your writing. You need to just keep going with it, redoing drafts. And like uh, Liam was saying earlier, you kind of just want to like get it all out there. Like you don't want to, you don't want to rush it either. Take your time with it. Hmm. Once it comes out, mm-hmm. like well, as in once you finish the draft, take your time with it, yeah, yeah. put put work into it, and then it'll end up in something you can be proud of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nurturing phase, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nurturing your writing. No, but seriously, I, Kamal, that's some excellent advice right there because I've, 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 I've had some poetry like that where I've, the first draft, I've been like, this is absolutely whack, man. Mm. Like, What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Where's my writing at? Man? Like, you know, I, I thought I was supposed to be a wordsmith or whatever. Yeah. But, and then afterwards, you go back to it, you review it, you, you start rewriting it, and it starts to come together, and you're like, okay, it's coming together nicely. Mm. And then by the time you've written that third draft, you're like, okay. Yeah, this okay, is what it was meant to be. This is what it was meant to be initially. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you said, I think, was it you, Kamal, or maybe you? it was, it was you, Shaq, mentioned about when you first put it on the paper, you're not really feeling it. Mm. And you're like, but in my head, it was amazing, man. Yeah. That happens mm. to me often, man. Like Some of the stuff, the bars I come up with in my head, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm vibing to it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is going to be... You know, like that, yeah? <laughs> then I put it on paper and I'm like, hold on, them, that can't be the same bars yeah, yeah, I'm hearing in my head, though. Yeah. But it's because, obviously, when you put it down on paper, yeah. you lose... You, you got a, so, Sort of, when it's in your head, you have certain words that you kind of forget when you put it on the paper. Mm. So there's a few maybe connectives or something missing. So yeah. when you're on the paper, you have to start thinking about, okay, how can I structure this sentence mm. now? Mm. So, yeah, it's deep, man. That was excellent um, advice, Kamal, still. And to go off of what you just said with... Uh, I know we're kind of going off of what I just said, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um when 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 you put it down to towards i th- I've tried to kind of get that feeling yeah. um out uh, with my actual words, and I think it's kind of when it's in your head, it's just kind of flashing in and out of you mm-hmm. like it's just something you can think about here and there, mm-hmm. so in those like i don't know poignant moments in your life or if you're just like uh just chilling, mm-hmm. something will come to you in the moment it's like bam, and it kind of goes, yeah. but it's kind of in the back of your head, mm-hmm. so it ma- maintains this kind of vagueness mm. so you get the sense that it's really good but it's so kind of detached from yeah. reality because you haven't put it down to words mm. that it can't be bad yet yeah so when you actually do put it down and you put the structure to it or attempt to yeah. it's not nearly as good as you thought it was just because it didn't have that kind of um form mm. so once you take it from formless to form it kind of just falls apart and yeah. then that's when you have to build it up that's to what you to, initially yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted it to be because initially it's just a few ideas that's in your Hundred. head ideas then, are like people say all the time ideas are worth 
I forgot the quote, but ideas are worth a penny or something like that. Good, <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was getting ready. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Some I, deep I, was, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like ideas are worth a penny or something like that. But it's something like that. <laughs> that that sounds false. <laughs> but ideas are worth something, innit? And, <laughs> um, and then, like, you have to probably make it into something mm. that you can consider good. Mm. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had a good idea before you said we ended See, up that's, that's how so I'm, I'm giving the, the back of your head straight. Like, I'm going to drop this quote. It's going to be a good quote. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think also the same thing comes up with not just because it's always like when you, like, even with poetry, um, I would say back in the day, um, I was more into like writing and stuff. Mm. Um, but after that performance, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that performance! Uh, never again. But no, don't give up, man. No, joking. Not, ne- not never. It, when you miss an um, open goal, fam. But like I remember. Knows about that, man. What does that even mean? But listen, let's not talk about football. All right. No, not not live, innit? But um, what's it called? Uh, like at the beginning, it would be so many. Like, I'll just have so many lines like in my head. Um, and then once you like put three lines down, then it's like you have to finish it off, and it's like it's just connecting. It's all it's bringing it all together. That's just like the hard part. Yeah, that's the hard part because the beginning bit you don't feel as like as you're writing it along, you don't feel that same thing that you felt when you first had that moment of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just gets a bit like oh, nah, I have to just finish it off, so mm. you kind of lose the meaning in it. Yeah, yeah. but like. Um, I don't know if you've come across this in your writing, but have you like started off in like bare excited, and then as you're writing it through, you're just like, ah, I'm not really feeling this. Definitely, definitely. I wrote a piece recently, actually, um, after my dad passed away. Uh, my dad passed away in August, mm. yeah. and um, it really, really took a toll on my writing. Mm. Um, for a month or two, I just could not produce a level of quality of work that. I was accustomed to mm-hmm. um, producing before his death. Yeah. So I really tried to force out a piece about fake friendships and um, I performed it once and I just went home and I absolutely hated the piece. Mm. I just I really didn't like it. It had a few bars in there that I liked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't complete trash, but in comparison to the work I then went on to produce afterwards, mm-hmm. it was just, it was rubbish. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of, I think... I was really impacted by my dad, my dad's death. Yeah. And I think it took a toll on the concept that I originally had in mind. Like, mm-hmm. I had it all there. When my dad died, my mind was just all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. So I tried to concentrate and own my skills and yeah. focus on it, but it just wasn't coming together the way I would like for it yeah. to have done. So I kind of put that piece to the side. Mm-hmm. I started writing something else. And that piece afterwards, mm. I came out really good. I'm really pleased with the piece. And the piece I'm working on now, I feel is even better than that. Yeah. So sometimes you have to go through these difficult periods before you can produce your best work. And I think you also said that time um, when you was what coming back from an event and then like someone stole your phone. Mm, yeah. Then, um, <laughs> Memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a mad one. Um, I was on my way home from um, an event at Revert to Reality just days before the first Just Rhyme event. I think it was about seven, six days before mm-hmm. the first ever event we was going to hold there. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on my phone and I was actually typing a poem. It mm-hmm. was a Zainab poem that you guys are probably yeah, aware yeah, of online yeah, yeah. now. Um, I was ty- I was typing some lyrics into my phone yeah. and I was really pleased with the piece. And mm. not a lot of people know this, but they will now. Mm. I still don't feel the piece I eventually released was as good as the one I had down oh, before yeah, my yeah, phone yeah, got yeah, stolen yeah. because I felt it was just really coming together mm. really well. And um, I thought it was going to be one of the best pieces that I'd produce. Mm. Um, then I was sort of on my way, not concentrating, and uh, some guy on his motorbike rolled up behind me and kind of snatched out of my hand. Um, I called him down, ran after him, chased him down, but obviously I wasn't going to be catching up with the motorbike. And I was like, (laughs) so uh, he got away with it. And um, I remember I was, I was very angry and I was very angry because I wasn't angry about the phone. The only thing that went through my head is I really wanted to say that piece. Like I was, I was absolutely heartbroken because I was just like, this piece means a lot to me Mm, because of what she dealt with. And I really wanted to get a message out there for her. Mm -hmm. And I was heartbroken. I I remember hitting the wall. I was so angry. I was livid. I wouldn't recommend this, by the way, guys. (laughs) Stay away from doing that. But I was livid. Um, And uh, I went home and I almost 
called it a day, man. I was just like, I can't, I can't do this, man. Like all of my work, I mm. lost a lot of work that day, like mm. a lot of poems. Mm. Um, but what it did teach me since then, mm. I'm consistently backing up my work, mm. whether I'm emailing it to myself or whether I'm putting it in money. different yeah. places, drives, whatever it is, yeah. I'm always backing up my work. So that now, if God forbid anything bad like that happened again, mm. at least I'm prepared mm. in terms of what I can then have backed up Back and up. I can go on and then just finish it off from mm. there, you know? But yeah. I'm Onto the main topic at hand, uh, Batman, White the Knight. White Knight. Uh, who, who suggested it? Um, it? Liam and mm. Mo by extension. Mo. And That's for Mo by lie. extension, and he deserves to get flamed. <laughs> so. And he's not even here. Uh, to defend the book. Yeah, let's give a little synopsis, even though mm. we've taken a very long time to get here. but um, So essentially the premise of the book is that the Joker isn't insane anymore he's regained his mind mm-hmm. um and he wants to kind of better gotham now that he's in his right mind yeah, yeah batman's not buying it uh commissioner gordon kind of isn't really buying it at the start either and batman gets increasingly um unhinged and, and violent over um exposing joker and and bringing down what he believes is his plot so it, it kind of hinges on this um reversal of roles i guess for the batman and the joker instead of joker being the crazy one that batman is all calm and collected to stop mm-hmm. you've got it turned around with batman just increasingly getting <sighs> crazier and crazier and crazier guy, he loses to... the flipping plot fam yeah i was, yeah. Reading, I was like what's he on bruv brucey bruce is moving a bit local but gone mm-hmm. but yeah that's essentially the gist of the plot mm-hmm. so what did everyone think of it Chucks. I'll go go for Liam first. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed it. Mm. To be fair, I mean, I I thought it was really really good, um, enjoyable. I liked the fact that it was completely different to anything else I had read before from a Batman comic or franchise in general. Um, I liked the twist on the Joker. Um, I also enjoyed the twist on Batman mm. and them sort of almost reversing roles, if you will. Um, I feel like there were parts of it that were a stretch. You know, this it was you have to suspend your disbelief mm. um, in order to really enjoy it. And I feel you have to yeah, do that. Yeah. I feel you have to do that with a lot of graphic novels yeah. that are w- in the DC or the Marvel Universe. If yeah. you really want to enjoy it, then you have to be willing to do that. Um, was it... A perfect comic. No, I've read a lot of better Batman comics, but for me, it was intriguing. Um, it had me hooked. I really wanted to know where they went with the characters and how it ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, the end could have been stronger, I felt. Personally, I felt the ending could have been a bit stronger, but I really did enjoy the tension that they created between Batman and the Joker within mm. the comic, especially at the start. I thought it was really, really, really well done. Um, and the artwork was just, the artwork was mm. immense, yeah. immensely good. Um, I really enjoyed looking at the imagery throughout while reading it. Mm. I felt some of the dialogue was really good as well, really mm. strong. Um, especially some of the explanations they tried to come up with. Again, we can go back to the concept of it being a stretch, but I feel they did a good job of trying to do their best to convey how this situation would have turned out that way. Yeah. I don't know if you guys actually reveal everything that happens on the podcast. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go into too much details in case someone wants to yeah, read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just really like the way the dialogue sort of conveyed certain situations that were going on between Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Um, I'll mention one thing, and that is that within the graphic novel, uh, the Joker tries to give the city an idea of how much of a destruction how much destruction rather that Batman actually causes. And I felt the way they explained that was really good. They had this really good explanation. Mm. Again, it would be given away too much if I was to go delve into it deeper, but it was really well done in my opinion. So for me, it was a great comic, Uh, a great graphic novel, however you want to look at it. Um, A bit of a Marmite type of thing, I think. Mm. When I read it, I knew there was some bits in there that were a bit like, okay, I don't know how much I like that part. So Mm. some people might hate on this a Mm. bit, but... I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great, uh, great graphic novel, and I would recommend it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My <clears throat> sort of takeaways from the from the graphic novel, I did not enjoy it at all because I thought like, okay, first graphic novel or sort of comic in a while, and it's Batman, and um, yeah, I'd say it didn't really live up to the expectations. I thought a lot of the initially, I thought we're reading, okay. 
and then the joke obviously it's acting normal batman started moving mad i was like what's going on and um yeah a lot of the a lot of the themes and stuff i wasn't really buying it so like what do you mean what themes like those me and Kamal were speaking about the way the racial the whole the way um so like black people were perceived in the in Gotham and stuff and mm. that kind of stuff. I just feel like well, in a Batman book, I'm just thinking, where's the where's the correlation? Like, what's going on? Yeah. What does it have to do with uh, uh, Joker losing the plot and Batman moving mm. mad? So obviously a lot of stuff like that in a book in it, it just, just went over my head. I thought that part especially was weird as hell. I was hell. like, like what? Because well, uh, uh, Blackport. Uh, no, it, but yeah, Black Blackport. Uh, where the where uh, the plight of like. Uh, black people in Gotham mm. kind of is brought in because I think it paints black people in a really like dumb light so basically one of the reporters yeah. um, she's talking about how she's black as well she's like yeah everyone in Backport knows that um, Gotham doesn't listen to black people which I was unaware of after all these years of reading Backport <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> but she's like yeah it doesn't listen to black people <laughs> so they found the pastiest whitest person they could the Joker you're telling me black people said yeah let's Let's chill with a guy who commits mini genocide like <laughs> monthly. Yeah. Because like politically we're not being of dumb go from city, but bro. <laughs> no, I think they kinda sort of tried to explain that in the comic. There was um uh there's like this black guy who's like sort of was he's called Duke or something. Yeah. He's like the leader of the black people or like the, the leader of like <laughs> the black people. The, the back port. Yeah. Um <laughs> And resistance so group Blackport, huh? <laughs> very on the nose, you know. Yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? Uh, but basically, he was saying that he didn't really trust uh, the Joker basically doing it. But he saw that he, I don't know, he said something that was interesting. He was like, um, so like, in order to see what people thought of the Joker, uh, he went out to like speak to police about it. Um, but then he was like, there is no police in where where they are. <laughs> Um, like it's just so disenfranchised that there's nothing going on and then the first guy that actually comes and like suggests building a library is the Joker mm. like it's just mad that um, with all the money like with all the money that they spend because mm -hmm. the main agenda of the Joker was basically saying that the police they spend like two billion a year um, two billion dollars a year on covering the damage that Batman does mm. in stopping them. Two, wow, that's a lot of money, you know. Uh, I think it was like three billion, you know. Uh, really three billion. That. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think you should be locked up, you know. You're telling instead me of instead of basically, yeah, but instead of spending like three billion on on fixing the the problems, um, like there's nothing coming to like that area. Mm. And the first time it did, it was from Joker building a library, which then. Batman destroyed, of course. <laughs> but like, do you get, like I personally think that um, sometimes it was a bit of a stretch, but at times, like, it made sense. Big, big stretch. You're telling me if, say, Hitler came up to you and was like, "Yeah, sorry, I'm, 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 another comparison, I'm relating Joker to Hitler, <laughs> another one, please. <laughs> a consonant. No, okay. I'm saying if he came up to you, he was like, "Yeah, let me bust no, you real quick." Lie. Yeah, you'd be like, "Yeah, calm." No, if you what? If he was like, let me boss you real quick. What? No. Nah, obviously Excuse me, sir. Can you speak English, please? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no. it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. In the, but it was, it though. Like, like Joker per se. But like, it's the Joker. Uh, yeah. like, at the end of the day, no, that's no, the guy no, that was killing millions, not millions, like hundreds of thousands, I guess. Fam, the guy, like I said, commits mini genocide on mm. a monthly basis. Yeah. No, I'm not accepting, accepting nothing from him. You mad? That, that, I, I get, I get what you're saying. But they kind of tried to uh, suggest that he had done some good things throughout the comic. You remember Jason Todd's story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay said he didn't actually kill Jason mm. Todd in this, or I can't remember exactly what happens to Jason Todd. There's something I don't want to reveal it anyway mm. for you guys. I want to read it, but there's something they did. They had a really interesting angle with Jason, the Jason Todd story in this book, which mm. was very different to anything I'd read before. Mm -hmm. um, under the Red Hood, of course, being the most. That's amazing. Uh, I, I love the. I love the. Um, animated film for that as well excellent um but yeah so I, I found that interesting i really did and i i 
I get what Kamal's saying. Um, it is a stretch, and I said that mm. before. I mean, to enjoy these comics, you have to suspend your disbelief a little yeah, bit. Otherwise, there's no point stretch, reading yeah. them. There's no point because a lot of them are just like that would not happen. Mm. Let's just be realistic. Um, but I do feel they did a good job from some of the dialogue trying to explain why these things were occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, di- I really did personally like the story where Joker had that over Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Batman, you're saying, you're claiming you're trying to save the city, but you're doing all of this. Mm. I've really enjoyed that. But I mean, even if we go into second chances from a real life perspective, yeah. some people have done some mad stuff in real life. Mm committed some atrocities in real life then mm. become some of the best people you can meet mm. so I mean in that regard you know I don't think it's uh, too yeah, much I feel like I feel like Hitler was a bit mad didn't it you know? that's a, a comparison you just got that well, she bro, get do you know what he shit? does in Gotham City poison's a water supply in that on a daily basis, bro. But bro, like, he's a villain, isn't he? He just gets slapped up. Listen, Hitler, we're going to put it in that little box here. We're going to close it. Throw bro, in the ocean. In, in the DC universe, Joker is considered <laughs> top, top villains. You've got Superman villains from like cosmic <laughs> energies and whatnot. And they still consider Joker the guy they need to take down quick every yeah. single time. It, bro, <laughs> Yeah, but then again, then again, we have to remember that this is Mad sort game. of like a separate entity of the mm. comic. The way they've mm. even written it, okay, it has some past themes that touch on from other, other comics. Yeah. But obviously, the angle they're coming from is completely different to some of the things they've done. Yeah. Um, the Joker character isn't quite as evil in this as some of the other comics that or graphic novels that you would have read. Mm. I think in some of them he's like, it's like, damn, some of the stuff he does is absolutely insane. Yeah. But in this, he's he doesn't seem as bad as that. Mm. But um, that's just. Yeah. I think personally, for me, like uh, the Joker, sort of touched up on like many things that in my head I just I always had like in the back of my head, like the fact that. Batman has just got like crazy, like free reign to do whatever he wants and yeah. handle things however he wants, like driving cars on roofs or like. That's bad, you know. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like now that he, now that he brings it to my attention, Batman's actually the true. He's, he's no, 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 I'm not saying like, that's he does true, all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like my guy is like military, like slash tanks going through, <laughs> like but just breaking cars. That's a true point, fam. But like, you're saying it. You're saying it like Batman's man's like man's the city is calm and Batman just like rides. Rides around and He's not saying, you know what, let me jump a few roofs today, man. <laughs> like, nah, what I'm saying is, is that is the fact that, like, all right, let's say, for example, um, you've got someone like that in the city. Mm-hmm. That's uh, firstly, he like he works with the police, mm. but he doesn't really work with the police. It's just uh, he does it on his own terms, like, yeah, that's he what I'm saying. On his terms, it, it's all a, and then obviously, you've got like. Uh, super villains like Joker that cause him to come out and do stuff like that. Hundred. But what I'm saying, I think Batman's like the definition of a vigilante, man. Yeah. Seriously, he's not a hero. He's not a hero. At all. He's a yeah. He, his vigilantism is is next. You gonna move him mad? He's not a hero, though. How is he not a hero? He moves a bit mad. That's what I'm saying. Listen, you're telling me. You're telling me. He's also a big time vigilante. Bane attacks a city. Joker poisons the water supply. Blows up a few buildings. Batman comes. Yeah, Joker's a lead, but Scarecrow. He's not a hero, bro. Scarecrow's like making people see hallucinations all over the gaff, and you don't want this guy jumping roofs for a bit. Bro, if I don't turn it, that's his job, bro. Stop, fam. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Mr. Freeze is freezing people out here, fam. <laughs> Imagine yeah, that. He lost his You're wife. just chilling he outside. He lost his wife, bro. Yeah, so what? You don't get to freeze people for that. Well, he lost his wife, though, bro. You have to understand <laughs> Stop. it. Stop, bro. See? Yeah, that's a good point, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, that all, make, that all makes sense, innit? But when, <laughs> like... My man's left already. It's not, it's, it's not good <laughs> enough, bro. I was laughing because, like, my lip kind of hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, like, made a weird noise. It's a random addition yeah, to this conversation. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to play on, but I couldn't. Um, but, like, but I'm saying, like, detaching that and bringing it to this this comic itself, it, like, just take like taking this comic for itself, like, mm. um, in a sense where now the, the Joker is good. Mm. All right, and he's not causing all of these madnesses, and then you've, and then that sort of leaves Batman alone to like think for himself. Like, if there is no crime, like, what does this guy actually do? He's finished. Like, without the madnesses going on, he can't do his madnesses. Like, he needs their madnesses to feed off. Like, do you get? So but the book never like just has no crime going on. Uh, when. Joker, Joker like turns good and then he gets the supervillains to attack the city. Yeah. So that never happens where there's no crime and Batman is just like mm. moving mad. And then you've got the 
that second dumb plot point with the with the two Harleys. You got the uh, you got yeah, the other yeah, one sure moving like fun. the Neo Joker to bring back I the real Joker. Yeah. So like she's moving yeah. she's moving mad in the city. Mm. So at the end of the day, the city the the city's still moving mad, mm, and yeah. Batman still has to save it. And people are like, actually, he's doing it badly. I can't lie. Mm. People are like, oh. Batman's always moving mad, but he saved you from Killer Croc the other day. So what now? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> admittedly, I'm with him on big the. Up uh, uh, I'm, with, I'm with Kamal on the two Harleys um, mm. point. I didn't like that. Mm. I didn't like that. I thought that was a bit stupid. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm for the uh, whole Batman development where it seemed like he was becoming crazy. Though mm. I really enjoyed that. That's and, a really good dynamic. Yeah. I agree. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was You're really well. Up, man, the first twenty pages, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really well written yeah. and mm. the story they told with that was was, was great for me personally but yeah. I'm definitely with Kamar I feel like the two Harleys were just like no we yeah, didn't yeah, need that yeah, element yeah, in, in, yeah. The, in the mm. novel it didn't need it mm. um, but it like, is what it is man to kind of give an idea of, of, of what I mean by for one of the reasons I didn't like the story uh, to do with the two Harleys mm. is that um, you um, Joker uh, what you call it proposes to the first one mm. he doesn't know there's another one <laughs> um, but he proposes to the first one. He's like, "I love you," blah blah blah. This is that, and then she's Soft like, guy, uh, "Stop with that! I'm mm. I'm not about your." He he does this when he's when he's sane, by the way. So she's like, "Stop that! I'm not about this kind of uh, sane Joker. I'm not trying to marry you." And uh, she's like, "Yeah, I love the abuse and whatnot." She's moving mad, yeah. and then the second Harley comes in, Stick. and she's like, "Yeah, but I loved him for that, so he loves me." And then he's like, okay, mm. yeah, I'm just going to marry this one. I didn't even know there was a second <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, he's like, well, like, where did the second one that's, come from? For me, that's the type of writing that encompasses the whole book. Like, w- when when <laughs> I said earlier that I completely agree with you on that dynamic of Batman um, getting unhinged, I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah. Like, of course, you, would, you wouldn't be right if you were Batman and suddenly the Joker's... Like got this long con where people are kind of rallying against, mm. uh, rallying with him against you, yeah. and you've been saving the city. Mm. But I don't think the book ever reaches a, a level of execution where I could have gone, yeah, that's believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you guys talk about suspension of disbelief, you can't make me suspend my disbelief all the way to the, to the sky. Like there's a limit. You <laughs> know <what I'm> <laughs> the, the execution could have been a lot better if you mm. asked me. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. The <laughs> dynamic of it, like even when it was like oh the Joker becoming good and then Batman getting crazy mm. even that bit I was like yeah that sounds alive I can't yeah, lie sick. but obviously the execution wasn't like done well but it wasn't that bad that I think. the Joker has a court case bro the Joker the, the jo- stop <laughs> and he wins it stop <laughs> nah okay stop, that makes bro. that's what I'm saying though. what I'm saying is like there was like there's no like the way they handled things was a bit dumb but you. at times like when he's talking about for example, how much, like, I don't know, I found interesting, like I said before the beginning, I always found Batman a bit of a weird character, isn't it? He is. So, like, at this, with this one here, highlighting his weirdness, like... It's cool, yeah, I, I agree. was like, yeah, that's, so that's like, that's why I didn't really find it that bad, but I just found, um, like, certain things, like the two Harley Quinn things, like, so, like it was I'm just, guessing you thought the, uh, use, the mind control on the villains was weird as well, because no, yeah. I've, that's what I mean. The book filled with loads of right now it makes no stuff. sense to me. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. Like when when you you could have had that focus on Batman and, and Joker and their dynamic, mm. and even mix Harley into the thing because she's so important to the Joker as yeah. a character, and then you kind of skip all that nuance so you can just go have a crazy superhero story. But you're trying to present to me a kind of intelligent, uh, nuanced story at the same time. Mm. And none of it comes together. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah, got this yeah, big yeah. mess of a story that doesn't accomplish anything it wants to do, in my opinion. Yeah. I know a lot of people really like this book, but I think it's trash. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, that's Kamal's um, opinion. I, I, can, I, I can definitely <laughs> see where he's coming from with some, some, of the story, some of the story points. But for me, for me personally, I, I would definitely say, um, definitely wouldn't say it's trash. Um, I mean, I said to Kamal earlier on that it was epic. I think that was a hyperbole at its finest. Yeah. I mean, that was, exa- that was exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's a great read for me personally. Yeah. I'd definitely say it has its plot holes. Even when I was reading it, I read a few parts that were like, yeah, that doesn't come together. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the character development of Batman and uh, even what they tried to do with Joker. Mm. Even if it didn't always work, I yeah. really liked that they tried to come with something completely fresh Different, and yeah. new. How many times have you seen a concept like this? Mm. But I'm with Kamal. The execution could have been better. I think if the execution was better, it would have been epic. Mm. But it wasn't always 
great throughout consistently, but there were parts that really stood out to me, especially from a dialogue standpoint. I felt mm-hmm. some of the explanations, just I can't um, say how much I like that. Um, the Batman fund, I, I can't express mm-hmm. enough how much I like that. That was I a thought, cool twist. I thought that was wicked. I just thought, I read that and I was like, that's brilliant. That yeah. is brilliant stuff. I mean, the, all the things he does and all the comics you read, yeah. that's mm. just, that's that's genius. Mm. Yeah, but some of the other stuff like the Harley Quinn stuff and even the controlling the villains, those yeah. things let it down. That They let it down from being a truly classic comic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. for me, in my summary, great read. Great comic, great read. Listen. Don't know, do not buy a theory, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I enjoyed the artwork and stuff but in terms of actual story I'll say if you have read Batman comics in the past and you have like say like a stronger knowledge of the character and um, his like sort of world then I would say this book will, I don't know is it's a bit of it's a bit here missing it sometimes depending on I would say you have a lack of you don't and it's one of them you need to read it to find out yeah mm-hmm. like we were saying earlier so in terms of like what I thought about it it was an okay read that's, that's me saying a play with well, at least didn't say it was trash like a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the right sitting, sitting there somewhere <laughs> yeah now nah, for me I thought it was very like subpar because it had like a lot of, like for example at the beginning mm-hmm. I was like okay yeah this would be a very interesting comic and then it would just dip because like like Kamal said there would be so many different things that they're trying to like like for example, like the whole mind control thing, like we said before, like I just don't understand why that was that was needed. But mm. him, like, and then it would get better for me when he's trying to bring all the villains against uh, Batman, like coming together. Uh, and then again, it's then there's two Quins, and then I'm just like, why is that <laughs> happening? Like again, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a roller coaster ride, and it. But um, I think yeah, I think it, like I think. Yeah, like I said, like Yassi said, it's a Marmite type thing. I can't say you enjoy it because um, you might not, but I wouldn't say it's trash either. <laughs> I would say it's like it's like subpar in it because they they're so like this has so much like so much potential. It does. Mm. There's so much concept, potential. The definitely. concept, yeah. When the premise was first told to me, like I said before, I thought, yo, that's sick. I'm down. This, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. like I said, there's a lot of nuance uh, that could be that could be yeah. found in there, and they do reach those points yeah. in the book with the with the whole dynamic between the the two characters. But like, and I and I and I don't want to say there's nothing um, good in this book because like th- that is a good thing, and then also the artwork is fantastic. Yeah, like, the artwork is solid. Um, I like the way. Um, I know this sounds like really basic, but um, when there's kind of a ramping in the story or there's something like type of like danger going on or anything mm. like that, you get this kind of red tint to the, to yeah, the art. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's it's this thing where you know, okay, something's about to go down. Mm. And I thought that was a really cool touch. And in general, um, just the the art style as well, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Was, it, it was visually a treat, I would say. Yeah. Mm, so if you're, I know there are a lot of people that are into comics um, and if the artwork is really good, they're down. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter what, how good the writing is. So if you are that type of person, then I would say definitely read the book because mm. it will scratch that itch for you. Yeah. But if writing is a big um, kind of focus of yours, then me personally, I'd give it a pass. Mm. Okay. And I also think that with comics, it's a lot better reading it the physical copy mm. than like Definitely. with books as well like I just even looking book. at this now Agreed. it's so much so much better than actually reading it through mm. the mobile Agreed. especially yeah. when you get to the the double spreads because mm. um, with the if, if you're not on a tablet with the mo- with the phone you'd have yeah. to like have scroll to, yeah. right Agreed. to the left yeah. no, you've got that weird kind of um, halving of the page mm. with a comic book but once you turn the page, it's just there for you. Yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. there. You don't have to like move the book this way yeah. to see it. So especially with comics, the physical part is mm. great. But with a book as well. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, other than anything else you guys want to add on to it? No? I mean, I think I got all my thoughts think down. You got, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just what I uh, had in mind as well. Mm. <laughs> but then to, to wrap it up then, we... So you released what a new spoken word piece, Street Tales. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I'd say it's my biggest release to date. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of work went into it. A lot of effort. Um, Street Tales is basically a, a video mm-hmm. that 
and a poem that yeah. explores the consequences of gun crime yeah. mm. and not just the impact that it has on the victim but also the impact and it has on those around the victim yeah. um in a time where drill music is at the forefront glorifying mm. the use of uh, weaponry whether yeah. it's knives or whether it's guns we need something to combat that. Yeah. We need to be sending positive messages to remind the youth that these devastating lifestyles will only end with um, really, really difficult ramifications yeah. for the person involved. Whether that ends up being death or pr imprisonment, you know, mm. it's just something that is never ever going to provide any sense of positivity or comfort for the individual, even though these videos that we see and this music that yeah. we may hear glorifies it to an extent that it makes it seem appealing to young people. Yeah. Oh, okay, this guy's got money, he's trapping, he's got money, he's doing this. They're only going to lead to a person having a life mm -hmm. that is just, what's the word, man? can't even think of a word right now. My mind's just kind of gone back. Uh, <laughs> unfulfilling. Yes. There you go. This is why he's the leading. <laughs> but yes, as Kamal said, and um, it's just not worth it. And yeah. the message I'm trying to send with Street Tales is that there are, there is more to life mm. than this, this materialistic view yeah. of what life should be. We can achieve so much more by actually putting in an effort and working towards our goals mm. and not allowing this nonsense make us believe that going down this route or going down that road is mm. going to lead to us having a good life because mm. it may be simpler or easier in terms of money yeah. or, or work ethic yeah. but it's only going to lead to somebody ending up dead or in prison and if that doesn't happen then they're going to end up in a in a living a life that is unfulfilling as Kamal mentioned mm. and a life that provides nothing but difficulty down the line yeah. um, and Street Tales basically addresses how much of an impact this has on the um, on the person as well as the people around them yeah. so please do go listen to it I do feel it's one of uh, the most relevant pieces of work that I've produced mm. I feel it's a very relevant piece in general yeah. in the time we're living as I said and especially with gun crime on the rise mm. over the past few years mm. gun crime has uh, increased significantly um, and it's important for us to do our part to remind people of how severe and how dangerous this lifestyle is mm. and the ramifications that can come about, come from, about it. from it mm. and uh, when when is the just rhyme reverse for me when's that when's that happening Yes, Just Rhyme a Verse for me is happening on January... Oh, uh, January. <laughs> it's happening on January 26th, uh, 2019. It's our first anniversary event, as I mentioned earlier on. Mm. We've got some really good artists on board. Um, I will also be, for the first time ever... Atlanta. performing properly at my event. Okay. You know, I, I was very much against this for a long time. I was mm. like, I don't really want to take any of that sort of spotlight away from my artists mm. <laughs> but it's our anniversary event and i want a chance to show my audience that before i'm a host yeah. i'm a poet but, yeah. you know yeah, that's yeah. my I main like thing that, like so it's okay. an opportunity for me to showcase what i have to offer as well so yeah. please do come down january 26th and you will not be disappointed <laughs> it's a it's a fun night of poetry entertainment <laughs> and just it's like a family yeah, yeah, yeah just rhyme is like a family everyone is welcomed and everyone really enjoys being there so mm. please come down and just enjoy yourself and who knows maybe it's a chance for me and mo to have some <laughs> <laughs> definitely Ooh. jump on board okay <laughs> But yeah, um, so to wrap up, thanks again for coming on and the tape. We really appreciate it. First guest of the season. First thank you for having season, me on this course. Been a, it's been a great discussion, to be honest. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please leave a review, comment, like, and subscribe, all of that good stuff. And follow us on our socials. And a special thank you to Huda Television for providing the studio. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. You want something, go get it, period.